0: Hello and welcome to episode 100 of the Reds Unrestricted podcast. I'm your host, David Comerford, and today I'm joined by Tony Evans and Richie Greaves to discuss the recent chanting about the Hillsborough disaster.
1: This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media podcast network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts.
0: So we thought we'd devote the 100th episode of our podcast to something much more important than what's actually happening on the field. Obviously, in the recent games, Armfield against Manchester City and Leeds, we've heard the away supporters chanting, always the victims. And and, um, certainly in the case of Man City anyway, the sun was right. Your murderers um, both have been heard by people attending the match. Now, unfortunately, this is nothing new uh, for Liverpool fans. But what is new, perhaps, is the extent of the backlash it's received this time. So to look into it a little bit more, we're joined by Tony and Richie from the Hillsborough Survivors Association. Tony, I'll start with you um, and just a general one, I suppose. When you hear the always a victim's chant, and this is something I always wrestle with when I'm thinking about it, do you think it stems from ignorance or do you think supporters know about the Hillsborough connotations and sing it anyway? Because it seems to me that one those versions of events is much easier to accept from sort of a a human point of view, I suppose, than the other one is.
2: Of course, you know, we've told them often enough, you know, so there's no excuse for it. I mean, you still get Evertonians going, no, it's not about that, it's not about that. You get people going, oh, it's about Suarez, it's about, you know, it's not, it's about Hillsborough. And here's the reality. We were the victims, we were the victims of, of dangerously bad policing that led to the deaths of 97 people and more because a lot of survivors have committed suicide. We were the victims of a concerted campaign to cover it up. We were the victims of being smeared by the the national press, by The Sun. And we've been the victims of one of the worst miscarriages of justice in British history. So in a sense, we are the victims and we will remain the victims forever. But this this song aims to place the victimhood on ourselves, like the um, like the, the article in The Spectator when Boris Johnson edited you know it's, uh, these people you know sort of uh, have a great sense of victimhood we't we don't, we don't want to be victims, and that's why you hear our voices all the time. We will not sit back and be the victims because we are not going to take the injustice without talking about it we're not gonna, we're not going to accept victimhood as a way of life. We're going to fight it till the bitter end. So they know quite well what they're doing. It's one of the classic anti-Scouts, anti-Irish tropes that are so deeply ingrained in British history, people don't even know they're doing it. But yeah, um, they know what it's about. We know what it's about. And they might want to lie to us and want to lie to themselves, but we can see through their bullshit.
0: Yeah, I'd probably have to agree with that ultimately. I suppose to touch on the... Recent backlash that I mentioned at the top, Richie. Do you think the issue has received much more attention this time? You know, would you agree with that? And if so, why do you think that's the case? Because I was kind of wondering why it's maybe taken on more prominence, certainly at a national level, and whether it maybe has something to do with uh, events in Paris at the Champions League final, given that obviously that's been taken on by organisation like the BBC obviously made a um, a documentary about it recently so so what is kind of behind that? I think it's
1: always been there a little bit but I think it's snowballed since we moved the National Anthem down at Wembley um, I, I think that's got people's backs up and and it's been like open warfare and be, probably because it's been publicised more it's more people are aware of it and everyone that turns up at Anfield now uh, seems to, you know we just regurgitate the same filth all the time. I mean, I'm I'm quite lucky because I'm in the middle of the cop, so I don't generally hear much of it while I'm in the ground. It's afterwards when you know you see it on Twitter and things like that. But um, but 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 like what Tony was saying before, you know, with the us victims, us whinging scousers, and I, I, I've always thought, how would they react if it happened to their family at a public event? Would it, like are they, would they just lie down or would they fight like we have? And and and. To call us wind, like they're always winding, and they've been fighting it for 30 odd years, which should be admired, surely, shouldn't it? Not like, not mocked. You know, where where, if lessons had been learned from Hillsborough, it would have made life easier, life safer for their family if they attend a public event like the theatre or go to a a concert or something like that.
2: Well, Richie, we're doing this on the day the Manchester Arena bombing inquest has just been run. There's at least two victims there died for the same systemic errors as at Hillsborough, and you know this was what 2017, and that's what really upsets me is that things are still happening, and had it been addressed in 1989 like it should have been, perhaps these
1: these people who died would still be alive. Maybe we're expecting too much of these people. I mean, these are the people that voted for Brexit and these are the people that, that voted the Tories in. So when they turn up at Anfield week after week and sling abuse at us, it, it, it doesn't really surprise me. But well, it's the level of it the last few months, really, that, that
0: that's shocking. And you mentioned there about sort of sitting in the cop. A lot of the time when I go to Anfield, and granted it's not every single match, but when I do, I would be in the Anfield road and... It's striking that it's almost a surprise when you don't hear anything like that. And you'll often see tweets of people saying, oh, credit to those um, Crystal Palace fans or oh, credit to those Brighton fans or whatever. Just chanting about their team, just chanting about the competitive side, anything like that. And I don't have an issue with, with the people tweeting it themselves, It's but it's just, you know, it says a lot. that That's almost a standard now and says a lot about the prevalence of it too. And this idea that the, the National Anthem is a justification is obviously um completely ridiculous. And you really despair when you hear, you know, just to touch on what you said there, obviously that we played Forest away recently and there was sort of, the chanting was going on there too. And that one really kind of stung, I felt like because as people rightly pointed out at the time, it could so easily have been the Forest fans just almost on the flip of a coin in terms of who was at what end of the stadium um, on that day. So, that one is really um, one that makes you despair. I, I, but
1: I've got to say though, I didn't expect any difference from them when we got when we got them in the cup last year. Yeah. I knew that would happen um, for years, even before everyone's got on board with, with all the abuse. It was always you know have ever you seen any abuse on Twitter? It was always Chelsea, United, uh, Sheffield Wednesday, or Forest in the main. It's 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 just that everyone else has got on board with it now, so I, I didn't expect anything else from Forest.
2: Yeah, they've been the biggest Hillsborough deniers of anyone. And when you think that they witnessed everything, they witnessed the lines of police standing there doing nothing. They witnessed people having to break down the advertising hoardings and put the dead and dying on. They saw all that. They saw the ineptitude of the police out of their own eyes, but they refused to believe what they saw. And, of course, they had that old drunk Brian Clough who started telling, you know, and the sun lies immediately. And he did it all the way until his death. He recanted, but like in, in public to save his column. But frankly, he still said it in private. And he believed anything Clough said. And, uh, and it's just amazing that uh, people who've actually witnessed something and have seen everything, you will know, just unfold in front of them deny what they've seen with their own eyes. I I have probably that's the fan base I have the least respect for.
0: Yeah. I think on the grounds of what you're saying, it's almost like the bit the biggest insult um of all in that particular case. But if we think about this week and and what's been happening, obviously the issue is is kind of gaining a bit of traction, as I mentioned earlier. We we've seen Ian Byrne, the MP for West Derby write to the FA um, to ask for an urgent meeting about the chanting. Uh, And one of the things that stands out most when you actually read his letter is when he talks about the duty of care that the Premier League and the FA have to the supporters that were affected um, and continue to be affected by the disaster. So, Tony, do you think that they've essentially completely neglected that duty of care um, in recent years?
2: Yeah, they don't want to think about it. You know, the last thing they want is us coming along and spoiling their cozy Premier League with uh, you know, by by giving up bad publicity. And yeah, so they need to be forced into it. I went on Monday night to um to the launch of the, the, the select committee, which is dealing with the Hillsborough Law and which is chaired by Ian Byrne. And we we're talking about that. And what's what was uh, interesting about that? We had um uh, Grenfell United, uh, the, the the COVID families, we had uh, the people who's who've been affected by the tainted blood scandals, and it brought together, you know, a lot of people who have been affected by the the authorities, by you know, by you know, by hospitals, by police, by you know, t- um, the the emergency services, and had their li- lives ruined by them, and and in many cases, our people. Die because of it. And you see that the things that we're complaining about are nothing to do with football. They're nothing to do with Liverpool, the city. They're nothing to do with the club. What they're to do with is a systematic failure of the authorities to protect people. And then when they fail, they cover it up and they try to deflect the blame. And that's what we're talking about. And that's what, this, what the Hillsborough law will really um, have an impact on because it will introduce a duty of candour, a... A a civil servant, a policeman, a a nurse, they won't be able to be bullied by their their superiors into parroting the party line because they'll be able to say, I can't do that, that's illegal, I'm breaking the law. We need our public servants to tell the truth. We need them to be transparent. If they lie, then to cover up for their institution, then it should be a crime. And it has a huge effect on people. And the the stories, I mean, over the years with Hillsborough, obviously I've heard so many stories, but the stories of these people from other areas, from other activist groups were telling, they were absolutely heartbreaking. And you can see that while they sing always the victims at us, they're singing it to them as well. And they don't realise and one day they might be in the firing line.
0: Because it's a general issue about the establishment really, and you know, people t- taking the blame for for failures that are like you say much higher up in the chain. But Richie, when you hear the chanting, and like I said at the top, I suppose it, it has been going on for a long, long time. Um, it's nothing new. But what impact, if you had to kind of put it into words, and I, I know this can be kind of difficult to do, but what impact do you think it has on, on the survivors and the families? Because you know, Tony's mentioned it there, you know, it's not just, I suppose, the, the disrespect to, to them, but everyone who's been the victim of a similar manner of tragedy. So it it must be, you know, it's not even bad thinking about really, but what would you say on that?
1: I think it affects different people in different ways, doesn't it? I mean, lots of survivors. Have taken their own lives because they haven't been able to live live with this type of abuse. Other people I t- I tend to try to switch off and let it go over my head. Uh but at times you you you, you bounce back and you, you you get engaged in arguments with people and and, and it doesn't it doesn't do you any good. But at the same time we do have to we, we do have to fight it. Um I, I don't know. I think everyone just has their own little coping me- mechanisms to, to deal with it and uh, I suppose it can catch you at different times in your life as well, can't you? If you're sailing along, quite happy, or you can, or you could be going through a little bit of a low, and and then you're you're listening to this, and um, I don't know, it, it's 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 one of them. I feel as if we've listened to that much rubbish over the years that I, I, I don't know. I feel sometimes I feel as if nothing more, nothing more anyone says can hurt me anymore. Do you know what I mean? Um, we've yeah. heard a lot, haven't we? We've had a lot thrown at us, so.
0: Yeah, and I suppose that links back to what you said about it being kind of a, an individual response and it will definitely vary. It just yeah, I, you know, I saw a tweet, I've actually got a link to it here, um, which I thought kind of captured it quite well. Um, from somebody called Jeff McCarthy, who said that um traumatized families and friends must dread every single match day. I can't begin to imagine how that feels or, or the impact on their health. And yeah, it's it's the thoughts of almost the you know, being able to to go to go to the match and you know supposed you know supposed to enjoy that experience with you know people who obviously have you know the appreciation of the gravity of the situation at Liverpool Football Club, but then to have that tarnished.
1: Well, that that statement today by the FA surprised me. I think that's the first time you've ever uh, engaged in anything to do with Hillsborough. I mean, they must be the one body that's never had the finger of blame pointed at them in any you know the inquests or the H.I.P. like the kind of wriggle the way out of everything. Um and Liverpool Football Club as well could could do more. And it looks as if at last they're trying to. So um but I mean we we talk about it in the pub before the match and you, and, and whoever you're playing you say oh you know we'll, we'll get the same load of rubbish today. Um it, it's as if they give a song sheet out on the turnstile and and you and you can you can play bingo where it, can't you? It's you know, it's just, you know uh, unemployment. You know, on the door, you can you can reel the songs off and you just know what every single English club that comes to Manfield is going to sing.
0: Yeah, and even, you know, you've not even mentioned the the chanting about poverty, um, which says a lot, you know, to be having a discussion and there's still almost a, a different type of terrible chanting that goes on. But I was going to ask so, about the FA statements. um. Guine, do you have something else to add on that? No, I was just
1: going to say there was a Man United flag doing the rounds on Twitter today. They 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 off to San Sebastian or something in in, in
0: the, Suss, the, Suss, yeah, Dad, yeah. the yeah, the cup there, isn't it? Um,
1: and it and it and it said it was something Andy. It was an Andy Cole flag, but it had all the scouts on the door on the bottom. I know, you know, from a place like Manchester, you know, it's it, 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 yeah. it's hard to get that round, really.
0: Yeah, you want you just want to see the the solidarity, I suppose. Um, with, with certain cities in particular, but 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 on that statement, the the FA have said that they can support clubs and fans who try to stamp out the behaviour from the game. Um, which makes me think, Tony, that in their eyes, maybe it does come down to the clubs. And I suppose it's interesting because you've got a contrasting response recently. You've seen Leeds issued a permanent ban to the supporter who, who turned up, at, I think, at, at Lime Street with, with a copy of The Sun and, and posted it on social media to try and obviously provoke Liverpool fans. Um, he's been banned permanently. But also you've had Man City who did kind of privately apologise, if you like. You know, They put out a statement to um, one of the Hillsborough groups um, saying that they condemned the behaviour, but there was no public statement. And Pep Guardiola obviously gave a bit of a half-hearted apology um to put it to put it politely i suppose so does it come down to the clubs um and is it fair for the for the fa to to take that line on it
2: uh, well the fa uh, the fa have wriggled off the hook. i mean they held the semi final in a ground that didn't have a safety certificate. and you know as richie said they've uh, largely avoided the blame and they should be really dragged over the coals for it. Um, the statement, yeah, it's a positive thing, but I think it's, we're going to need more action from the football authorities. Manchester City's response was absolutely despicable. You know, you 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 could just come out and blanket, condemn it. But no, you know, they were brief on that. You know, uh, Klopp's comments, cause, which were borderline xenophobic caused it which is absolutely ridiculous every, every part of that assertion and that came from a senior club official so you know that just shows and and the worst thing is there are people there are safety officers around the grounds premier league grounds who will in private go oh you know yeah we have to get ready for the scousers you know what they're like and and they have that view they have that entrenched view and I think it'll need a lot more than trite letters to actually root out this sort of thinking. And we, we're backsliding immediately after the Hillsborough Independent Panel and after the inquests, in that period between and for a little while after, people realised the gravity of what had happened to us and realised the absolute outrageousness of what the authorities had done. And there was a positive feeling towards us briefly. That's gone. Now it's worse than at any time since 1989. And um, it's going to need a concerted effort from the football authorities. And frankly, I don't trust them.
0: The whole, I mean, just to come back to it, I mean, the, the whole xenophobia thing was, Extraordinary, really, for them to to take that line and to draw that, like you say, that implicit connection between that almost being a trigger for it. I suppose you know, on top of everything else, if you actually look at what what Klopp said, he, the, it didn't even seem like an, an attack at all to me. It just seemed like it was talking about Liverpool's spending power, and then City have somehow managed to tr- almost try and weaponize that to, to justify what was going on. When, like you say, it should have just been a blanket statement condemning something which is uh, objectively kind of inhumane. Um, but Richie, if we're talking about who has to take responsibility and you know, Tonys saying there that it's as bad as it's ever been, what what should be done to at least improve the situation and improve awareness? you know how, how do we educate the wider football and world? I think to come back to that Ian Byrne letter, he talks about including it in the national curriculum is that? maybe the best solution, you know, especially if you can influence people when they're at um, you know, a young age and maybe a bit more receptive. I
1: can't see it ever being accepted on a national curricul- uh, curriculum because I don't think the establishments are, are ready to uh, start teaching all all children right across the country uh, how horrific they've been for 33 years. So I can't see it ever being rolled out as a national level. Me and, me and Tony have, have, have got Plans underway, and hopefully we'll get them off the ground uh, to do education talks um, in in various places. So, I mean, that's that's the way we see it going forward. And and now the, the time's absolutely ripe at the moment. It's you know, it, it, I think that's what it requires. But I, I don't think we'll ever we'll, we'll never change everybody's opinion. Um, just, uh, people should be on board with us. I mean, people should be grateful to the Hillsborough families and. Can, People who've campaigned over the years, as we say, because it—you it, know—it may well affect them one day. It—it um, it, it seems a bizarre thing, doesn't it? That people are willing to accept that you can—you can—you can sing about this particular tragedy. Where, you know, you, you wouldn't—you wouldn't hear people singing about Grenfell or the Manchester Arena bombing or any other British establishment uh, miscarriage of justice over the years, but because it's football, because it's this city, because it's us, it seems acceptable, I, 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 I don't know. Yeah, but you can educate people as much as you want. Uh, you know, you, you think that the findings of the inquests over twenty-five months would uh, would convince mm-hmm. most people, but they're, they're willing to. Yeah, whenever you see somebody on Twitter who's who's spouting the rubbish, you never ever see them. You know, there's a lad on uh, there's a lad on Twitter who's brilliant, Ron Kennedy. And he'll often put a big thread on explaining why what they're saying isn't true. You never, ever see them respond with, oh, thanks very much. You know, I I now see the light and um, I didn't realise it was like that. They're just on there to to deliberately provoke. And
2: what's absolutely crazy is you have to say to them, the reason we're doing this is not about us. We're not going to get justice. It's run its course. We're not going to get it. But what we want to make sure is that no one else has to go through this. We're doing this for you. And they say, Sud off your scouse bastards. <laughs> All right then. But have your own way. Have your own disaster. Have your own 30 years of fighting. You'll enjoy that. It's been great. It's really enhanced my life. It's insane. It's absolutely mad.
0: And that's that's the thing. You know, it's like you say, it has been this sort of, you know, 30, 30 year fight now and I suppose even within that time, we still haven't really been able to understand why maybe there isn't that that level of almost um, sympathy or, or any kind of awareness, I suppose, like, like Richie was touching on there. But Tony, I kind of think it, it's important to ask, and obviously Richie as well, if you are the kind of Liverpool supporter and you've kind of heard this podcast and you want to kind of support some of the initiatives that are taking place, like you say to you know, hopefully ensure that that this doesn't happen again in in any other context where sort of what's what sort of sites, what sort of pages should Liverpool fans be looking to visit?
2: Oh, that's a good question. Um and I don't think there's any real framework at the moment to to do that sort of thing, but hopefully in the next couple of months, next few months, that uh you know sort of me, Richie and a few others are working to try and and set up a framework where we can educate people. And, you know, we, one of the things is, for me, there's no point in putting us on the curriculum in Liverpool and on Merseyside because everyone's going to grow up and know about it. Uh, we need to go out and we need to go to other places. What, what would be the, probably the best way would be to encourage the clubs, the Premier League clubs, to have people like us talk to them and talk to their supporters clubs, their fan base, and talk to them about it oh. and 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 get over the stupid secta- sectarian barriers that they're talking to. So hopefully we will um you know so that will be something that we can have in place in you know the next few months. In the meantime, the best thing Liverpool supporters could do is educate themselves as much about the disaster as possible and whenever they come across a Hillsborough denier, respond. Make sure that the that that these lies don't go unchallenged. We need to challenge them wherever they come up. Um don't buy the sun. That's you know goes without saying or it should do. But unfortunately I've seen Liverpool supporters with it and express surprise when you confronted them. Um, and and don't buy the lies you know it's um it's we I, I, we live in a post truth world where everyone's got a voice because of social media, and frankly a lot of people who have voices shouldn't um uh but I, I'm a firm believer not to let the liars go unchallenged because if they do, they'll spread wider
0: and that's advice that I'll definitely try and take on and hopefully a lot of the people listening do as well. But thanks again um, to both of you for, for coming on. I'll put the links to Richie and Tony's Twitter profiles in the episode description. Um, in the meantime, we're going to be back after the Spares game next week. So stay tuned for that. And remember to uh, rate the podcast on Spotify or Apple or any other podcast platform you might use. But yeah, until next week, take care.